I'm such a terrible person. <laughs> I didn't realize that whenever you were you were like argument, like like sarcasm and rants. That's your brand, and I was just like, I I'm not happy with my legacy. <laughs> well. If it's all right, most of us... It's because we do these things late at night. Like, I'm already bitter from my whole day. (laughs) Like, I I remember saying... I stopped being optimistic at 1 p.m., motherfucker. I remember saying it, and then you being like, oh, I don't like that. I'm like, does he not know? (laughs) Does he not (laughs) know about this? It's not like I. It's not like I go into every one of these and be like, "How can I be as big a dick as possible?" And then I'm like, "Let's talk about WWE," and you're like, "Fuck, maybe next week." <laughs> maybe. Welcome to Fight Boys, the show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. I'm your host, the Wobbly Walrus of Podcasting, Scotty Moore. I am the Shepherd's Pie Baking Blake Tanner. I was gonna I was gonna add some more, but I didn't think of anything quick enough. And I'm trying to be a better person, <laughs> Dylan. <laughs> Boy, man, fucking wobbly walrus. Looks like he was taken straight off the set of Tusk. Like, I, I heard it, and I was like, oh, this will be a cute little puppet. Nah, fuck. It's the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. I mean, he is just lovely, though, right? I mean, you no. got... So, this is one of those This is one of those great things where, like, I've barely heard about it. Like, like... Good. And... I've decided I don't want to see it, and I feel like it's it's working out for Glorious. me. Glorious. Like, I love it because it's actually making, it, it's like, a, it's a storyline development in the f- television show Firefly Funhouse, and I love it for that. And I also, I, I hate the fact that it got spoiled. I really do, because, like, everyone knew Wobbly Walrus was going to be a thing, and so I was like, ah, fuck. But Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss who's is doing supposed some to, fun. Who, who is it supposed to be a parody of? Who's the walrus supposed to be a parody of? Well, he, he hasn't seen him, so... Oh, okay. Uh, well, this this is an individual who has already been referred to as a walrus number numerous times on television. Uh, Paul Heyman. The, the storyline... The storyline is that Bray brought in a new friend on the funhouse. It was like... It was something parrot or something like that. It was like this bird that was supposed to bring happiness and joy to the funhouse after he lost his title. His name was uh, Bird Lesnar. Bird Lesnar. No, and then the bird fucking straight up Stone Cold died in the box and Bray freaks out. And then the Vince puppet comes in and says, you're about to be fired, which is why we have hired somebody to take control. And it's a wobbly walrus, Paul Heyman. Wobbly walrus. I really, I really want to know what Bray Wyatt is taking for these segments. Like, look, I'm telling you, one day, just a, just a whole fifth of absinthe. <laughs> I like to think that one night, like as Bray was going to sleep at two a.m., he just receives a random text, and it just says from Matt Walrus. <laughs> <laughs> Heyman equals walrus. Uh, yeah, I, I, one day I really do want Bray to become part of, like, the, 
a part of me wants him to become part of the creative team, and then the other part of me is like, man, fucking all of it's gonna get real crazy. It's gonna get really, really crazy if it does. I would be there for it. Well, I mean, AEW has cornered the market on realism, like, more realistic way of approaching things. So, like, WWE is just gonna have to, like, go buck wild the other direction. Yeah, and then I like, uh... Uh, I IRS, who I think also recently... No, he got let go in uh, April, didn't he? I think it was... Yeah, it was uh, further back. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, he got... Did we make a tax season joke? If we did, missed opportunity. <laughs> uh, but he got interviewed, and he was like, man, Bray's a creative mind, he's so intelligent, but... Bo's a much better worker. And I was like, this is not the news I expected. This is not what I expected coming out of IRS. And then I remembered NXT Bo Dallas and went, oh yeah, that's right. God, it is. how long has it been since I saw Bo Dallas on my screen? Yeah, uh, it was earlier this year because the uh, B team like had a match. It was like early in the wow. year. Yeah, uh, although this year has been five calendar years, so... <laughs> yeah uh going on six yep no there's nothing like i was hoping his wikipedia would be like well this is what happened no there's absolutely nothing all it says is like in 2020 the b team quietly disbanded after curtis axel was released mm-hmm. i don't think it was a disbanding i don't think it was like a hey man i think we should give this up it was more like forced yeah uh i really want axel and uh I hate to say this, Ryback, to meet back up, because their last promo uh, beforehand was like, yeah, we'll get back together. Yeah, and probably lose. And then they, like, hit the hit the, the high five. Perfect. Better than perfect. And I was like, that was more charisma than you gave those guys their whole run. What? <laughs> you gave it to them while they were breaking up. You fucking uh, assholes. But- In SmackDown news, Sheamus is slowly actually getting over with me because he's... <laughs> He's now just becoming Brad Pitt in Snatch, and I fucking love it. Like, he just comes out in a fedora and, like, a wife beater and a big furry coat. He's like, I'll fucking fight anybody. Okay, you know what? I got it now. I'm down with this now. Uh-huh. Well, which, is, which is what Seamus always needed to be. Yeah. He, like, he focused, he's kind of like Triple H, he focused too hard in mythology, and now that he's focusing in, like, something that's really identifiable and not, like, a tryhard who loves anime too much, now I dig it. <laughs> Fuck off. To um, be fair, we can't prove that it was Seamus who focused too hard in that. Yeah. Uh, well, no, no, he did, I'm pretty sure he did design his own King of the Ring gear. Oh, that's right. Oh, fuck. Yeah. That might be the award-winning worst King of the Ring gear ever. And listen, as somebody who fixates on mythology behind the background of a lot of his characters, I can understand how it breaks bad. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Miz and Morrison now have basically become Team Rocket, and that makes me very, very happy. (laughs) Because we established- Listen, I- Listen, Miz, fine, but Morrison deserves better oh, no, than he this. Does. It's still so bizarre to me that during their entrance, Miz does his fucking bird head movement, like mohawk movement that he did back in like 2008. And I'm like, Miz, you need to evolve a little bit. Morrison still looks cool in the year of our Lord 2020, but you need to just fucking do your hand raised or whatever. But the mohawk thing is so dumb. 
Yeah, I I actually liked when Miz did his hand raise thing. I think that's iconic enough to him that it's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we although, uh, although Funky Rooster coming in is fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I can't remember if we only talked about it in chat, but of course last week Morrison stole the Money in the Bank briefcase. At which point Otis was like, "Eh, don't worry, Tucky, it's not in the briefcase. It's in my lunchbox." Yeah. And then, of course, uh, they opened the briefcase, and there was just sandwiches in it. Cut to this week on SmackDown, where the Miz, learning his lesson, steals the lunchbox, <laughs> and they run, they run backstage. And then Otis goes, "Don't worry, Tucky. They stole the wrong lunchbox." <laughs> then opens the Money in the Bank briefcase, which has another lunchbox in it. It is full-on Looney Tunes bullshit going on between those two teams now, and I'm just childish enough to love it. Is is it just me, or is Heavy Machinery just Tucker and Dale versus Evil at this point? Yeah, very much. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, uh, their, their female companion got traded to Raw thanks to The Miz, which I actually liked. At least there was a storyline reason for it. Also, why are we getting rid of wrestlers from SmackDown, female wrestlers from SmackDown? Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure the last time I checked, their women's roster was a might bit thin. Ah, uh, no. We, it's like four people. We need Bailey and Sasha, and that's it. That can take us all the way to WrestleMania at this point. Uh, when's Becky coming back? How- that's good, because that's all you got. Honestly, how long does it take to have a baby? Yeah, it's uh, oh, I, quite a long time. Uh, it's Bailey, Sasha, uh, Naomi, Lacey, who makes me mad every time she's on my screen, and I don't know why. And Natalia. Oh, uh, Alexa and Nikki. So you got some fun stuff there. Natalia is on Raw because she's doing a weird angle with Lana right now. I think honestly, they just need to like have one women's title and like let that go between divisions because it's such a it spreads so thin right now. I mean, that's how it originally was back whenever uh, there was also the original Universal uh, WWE Undisputed Championship. Yeah, because at this point, like if you can't keep your rosters balanced, what the fuck's going on? Uh, Sasha was in the Mandalorian trailer. I'm very excited. Yeah, goddamn right. This is the boss's way. Uh, And also, Roman's heel run is now slowly becoming one of my favorite heel runs of all time because they are playing entirely off of Roman's babyface run to do it because they they did a match at the end of the show and it was Jay teaming with Roman versus Corbin and Sheamus, I believe. And Roman did not come out. Roman basically let Jay get beat to shit and then came in at the last minute, got a tag, hit a spear, and got the victory. And Michael Cole said the exact phrase that defines his career, which is, Roman shows up and wins! <laughs> and that's what it's going to be, and I fucking love it. Which makes me very interested to see how their pay-per-view match goes, since there's only two people involved. So you can't really just show up at the last minute. Now, what if what if Roman does just show up, spear, win? Yeah, or do the John Cena, which is let Jimmy, or no, Jay, get the shit, like, beat the shit out of Roman, and then just hit a spear out of nowhere and get the victory. 
Because that would still get very good heal heat, and it would be kind of meta heal heat, but it would be fun. I mean, I would watch it. I don't know, man. I haven't heard the words Roman Reigns and fun used in the same sentence since WrestleMania 31. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> hold on. Wasn't Sur- Survivor Series was... No, wait, hold I was referring to the one... I was referring to the the WrestleMania... I think it was actually, no, WrestleMania 32, where Seth Rollins cashed in. That was the last no, that, time that, Roman Reigns and the, word, that was... and the word fun were used in the same sentence. Well, hold on. It's worse because, A, it was 31, but it, the sentence was, Brock and Roman was a slog, but Seth cashing in was fun. Like, the fun had to come in after a very big butt in the conversation. Yeah, the fun came in to end it, which, honestly, it, it just goes to show just how much much an ending can affect something yeah yeah look at look at the wrestlemania i went to (laughs) (laughs) or you know a lot of wrestlemanias after 31 oh god what happened to you wwe what happened to you even when there was an ending that i liked which was becky winning it was still not what i'd call fun because i was exhausted I'll be honest. The because it was one in the morning. The most fun I've had at a WrestleMania was probably this year's, and there wasn't even a crowd for it. God, yeah. It's because you were drunk. I wasn't drunk this year for Mania. I might have been very high during Edge Orton, and that might be why I went to sleep during it. But otherwise, it was a fun show. <laughs> Uh, it's because you took a nap. Yeah. That, that really helps with these seven-hour yeah. WrestleMania. At this point, they're going to need to put in a nap match instead of, like, a piss-break match. Yeah. Uh, on to Raw. It'll still be a women's match. Yeah. Uh, on to Raw, Mickey James is so fucking good at wrestling that the referee thought she got shoot-injured at the end of that Oscar match. And my favorite shot is right after the ref calls for the bell, you see Mickey's face trapped in the Oscar lock and her eyes are wide just dumbfounded staring at the referee but Oscar's still holding on to the hold so you just see Mickey like what the fuck was that what what the bell rang yeah so what what exactly happened because I didn't see this one so so the official or the the guys in the back thought that she was legit out not on her feet but out cold yeah and they called the ref to call for the bell. I I heard that they thought... So she fooled Vince McMahon. I heard they thought the, sh- the uh, shoulder was injured, is what I heard. Yeah. Um, I think I think she's dislocated in the past, so she has some, like, additional room on it, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Is that, but, uh, is that yeah, how sh- dislocations work? I mean, if, you were, if it's not fully attached all the way, it can partially come yeah. out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the Oscar had her in the lock. Mickey rolls it into a pinfall, and then the bell just fucking rings as Oscar. I assume the finish was supposed to be roll up, so you get that false. Oh, she might actually roll her up. Then just flip back around, wrench on the Oscar lock even tighter, and then tap. Instead, the ref just said, "She's dead, Quinn. She's already dead." Oh God, no, stop! No, no, no. She's not. She's not dead until Oscar finishes the. Ki- cattle mutilation like variant yeah then she's dead so she's not dead until oscar says she's dead yes correct uh let's see mandy got traded which whatever i loved her fucking uh word document promo where she just referred to the miz as you bastard you bastard why would you do that how dare you keep me away from otis 
Mm-hmm. Otis Coon, no! And and now the the last greatest part of Raw. And Dylan, would you like to cover Kevin Owens' banana enthusiast? <laughs> <laughs> so great. He was getting interviewed after his match with Aleister Black. One, he comes in in a rolling chair, just eating in a banana. banana. It's just like... Then he just starts talking about, like, you know, a really good banana. You know, it's just a little... He goes on, like, 30 seconds. And then he, then he like, finishes it. He tries to roll back, and he's just like... There's nowhere to go, and he just gets out of the chair, walks forward out of camera shot. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. But Sammy, up, Sammy Zayn tweeted, he was like, "Yeah, he would just talk about bananas at the weirdest part." And Kevin retweeted, "What's so weird about talking about it? About it when stuck in traffic, boarding a cha- a plane to uh, Shanghai at midnight before important matches? What about those are odd <laughs> times to discuss bananas?" I would love like a conversation about their friendship, where like Kevin is talking about, "Yeah, you know, Sammy's kind of neurotic, so we kind of you know kind of deal with that a little bit." And then Sammy just looks at him. Bitch, you talk about bananas too much. You have just, a sexual <laughs> fixation with bananas, Kev. I want a shot of, like, both of them covered in blood after the uh, fight without honor at Final Battle. <laughs> both of them covered in blood, and Kevin's just eating a banana and talking about how good it is. <laughs> yeah, think about how much big dick energy it takes to just do, like, to make your entrance walking in a rolling chair. Because I do that in my office all the time, like, when we were back in the office, before I started working from home. If somebody called me to, like, do an IT thing, I would just bop up in there in my rolling chair because i knew that i was going to be at their computer so it's just like all right give me a sec it feels like you're it feels like you have control in that situation <laughs> the uh the other part i really liked is he was like you know you know alistair blash gonna be like oh flashing lights just like we're, what why is he afraid of the dark he spent all those all that time in what was that a room a warehouse? Did he put like additional things in there just to make it look weirder? Yeah. Like where was this an attic? <laughs> and the the best part was when he was straight up like you for a year asked everyone to come knock on your door and ask for a fight. No one cared to. No one cared enough to say, "Hey, let's fight." <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that was the thing, and now Alistair's trying to prove that uh, he's part of Retribution because of that. Which okay, that's 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 going to be a fun thing. Although once again, it's still it's still the same five people. It's, it's Mia Yim. It's, it's, it's Mercedes. Well, yeah. Actually, here let's let's talk about. I, wait, hold on, let me make sure you didn't put that as your. No, no, no. I, I don't want to talk about Retribution that much because it's basically the you same. You want to talk about the week. Hurt Business? The Hurt Business <laughs> going after <laughs> the Hurt Business. Coming out looking like ballers and then fighting eighty to eighty to eighty to one, <laughs> eighty to four. Bobby Lashley just coming down in like a like a waistcoat. He's just like, I guess this is what's happening. <laughs> yeah. The destroyer is back. We um, and then of course uh, fucking uh, Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre with double massive sentons that sent an earthquake through the entire Orlando metro. I'm surprised Dylan's still here because that earthquake shattered a few houses. I heard mm-hmm. windows all across the state too. It helped yeah. sink Florida a little bit more, which honestly. I'm happy for him. Adam. Adam uh, Adam Pierce is apparently in charge of shit, which even drew McIntyre. Question: Who put you in charge? Yeah, I like seeing you on my TV, Adam. But you're a f- six-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Why are you now this? 
What happened? You used to wear like a you used to wear like a Jerry the King Lawler type getup. I can't take you seriously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and is is there NXT news? Because like Io Shirai may have like inadvertently broken uh, Shotzi Black Blackheart's ribs by once again not doing the moon salt a hundred percent right. I didn't she, see she, this. Shotzi was too far away and like. She just got legs to it, which granted looked more brutal than if you take it normally. But that's like the third time. Yeah. If you if you look at the May Young Classic, potentially the sixth time that she hasn't done it fully right. I don't know if you remember her almost like KOing uh, Rhea in that triple threat. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Uh- Outside of that, apparently, literally everyone in NXT, if you interview them, are like, hey, um, who would you like to wrestle from the main roster? Everyone wants to fight Orton. And you know what? I want it to happen. In fact, I'd love if Keith Lee, like, beat him in a match and was like, now you have to go to NXT. And we just get to see Orton in NXT for a while. You literally, he would be so insulted that he wouldn't do anything. He would just run out in the middle of matches and RKO people and then run off. And then he would just do it in, like, loops. And, like, be like, this important, god damn it, Orton once again with an RKO out of out of nowhere. Oh, and to the referee as well. And to William Regal on the stage. Oh, he wasn't cleared to take that kind of bump. My God, Karrion Cross is return. Oh, I got RK. All right, well, Wade Wade Barrett got signed to NXT, so he's a permanent fixture. That's that nice. Makes me happy. I'm very yeah, happy yeah. for that. Yes, like he. Like I don't. I I don't know if he'd be interested in an in ring return, but I hope this leads to an in ring return. He was doing a little bit in NWA, but I don't know if they'll let him. Which is a shame because in NXT you need like one good veteran. Like, to just come in and be... Because, like, people watching NXT, like, if they're NWA fans, they know Wade Barrett. Right. The Barrett barrage is still real. Oh, yeah. Like, I fucking... I would love to see him, like, in the ring again. Because he he was on his way out when I started to get into wrestling. Actually, when I first started watching wrestling, I think, was when he had a really serious injury. So, uh... Yeah. But which time... Yes. Uh, hey, bud, you got to enjoy the League of Nations. What are you talking about? Yeah, but he didn't get to enjoy Cosmic King. Wait, no, Barrett. I did. Yeah, Cosmic King was really good, though. So I'll give you that. I actually think that might be one of me and Blake's first predictions that we ever went back and forth on was who's going to win King of the Ring that year, and I was like, it's got to be Barrett. Barrett's doing it. Um, yeah, you were Barrett. I was Neville. Yeah, uh, but general uh, general news, apparently WWE is going to just change every fucking name they can. Like, if you got your real ass name, motherfucker, you about to lose it. AJ Styles going to come out as like Greg Jones next week or some shit, because if they don't own it, they ain't going to fucking let, because Baba Tunde is n- now, what's his new name? Big Boy Sam? <laughs> yeah, it's Big, Big Boy Sam. BBS. Um... I, That's going to be very awkward considering Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and Roderick Strong all own their names and are now household names thanks to NXT. Well, this is uh, this has got to be like the next evolution of Vince said, you can't do third party shit. And then everyone was like, 
No, we're going to keep doing it. We own your names. No, you don't. Well, we're gonna. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I can't wait for uh, Chugs, Guitar Man, Sammy Salmon, and and um, the fourth one to debut on the Raw roster. The fourth one? <laughs> poor, poor Roderick just becomes the fourth one. Let's be honest. Roderick was always the fourth one. Oh no, he'd be Shitty Boots. That would be his name. Shitty, shitty boots. little, shitty little boots. Shitty little boots. <laughs> I don't know why I was about to be like, no, it's gonna be Shitty Boots because it has to remain PG. Wait, fuck, no, that would be Little Boots. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, on to AEW. You can't God. say the word little on television. <laughs> you can as long as it's a fucking segue into a better like segment. You can't call you can't call little people that on TV. There could be a parade of midgets outside of this building as soon as it's said. And I said, promise. God damn it. <laughs> um, and fuck. I'm very happy AEW fixed the Matt Seidel spot so quickly by being like, you know what? That was storyline. Matt Seidel versus my Michael Nakazawa. It's a new storyline we're doing. <laughs> I'm sorry, it was literally my fault. What do you mean? I put baby oil on on the turnbuckle. I wanted you to fall and break your neck. <laughs> I tried. Dude, what the? That's the. Are you insane? That is the most psycho thing ever. And Michael Nakazawa looks in the camera. Run. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to murder you. Uh, I want you MJ- to die. Uh, MJF is looking for a stable now, which I. I kind of hope now that he's in the Fort Horseman, the Horseman stable, but also, like, they may do something with Inner Circle because they're running, like, well, I, they're doing so much fun shit with him and Jericho, like, they did that promo after uh, All Out, <laughs> where they're just looking at each other like, I respect you so much, man, you're fantastic. No, man, you're fantastic, and they're both trying to one-up each other in compliments, <laughs> and then afterwards they just said, you know what? Have a good day. And then, like, elbow bumped and walked away. And at the exact same time, that guy's a loser. <laughs> and then on the day uh, they broke a million, MJF and Jericho at the exact same fucking moment tweeted, You're welcome. <laughs> the, uh, the, the thing is, is that everybody's upset that Spears would be in the Four Horsemen. And I'm just like, why? He's not bad in any regard like especially now that he has the black glove where he just hits people like with a palm strike with like a piece of kevlar yeah i and i think he's grown so much yeah but everybody just sees him still as ty dillinger and they're just like no put wardlow and it's like wardlow's going face i need you to understand that there has to be another big man face other than uh, luchasaurus Well, Will Hobbs, fine. No, 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 uh, Mr. Mr. Brody's a face. What are you talking about? He's he's great. <laughs> he's great. Evil Evil Uno says, love, <laughs> love Mr. Brody. <laughs> love Mr. Brody. Oh, fuck. Will Hobbs. I'm sorry. Will Hobbs in approximately like two weeks became like a top guy in AEW, and it was perfectly natural because like. I don't even I, I don't even know if storyline wise Moxley had prepared to have Hobbs on his team. I genuinely think like Tony told him, you need two guys. Moxley went out to the ring, then got jumped, and then Hobbs protected him, which was a badass move. And Mox just went, 
Fuck it. He's on my team. And you know what? Hey, Darby. Darby, I know you're watching. Fuck it. We're cool. Come on. Let's go. It's like, listen, I know you want to kill me, but you got to go through them first. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> the The thing is that Will Hobbs, at one point last month, jobbed out to Orange Cassidy in less than three minutes. Yeah. Can we discuss the fact that Orange Cassidy's getting a TNT title shot next week, too, by the way? <laughs> Can we discuss the fact that Orange Cassidy is going to die? <laughs> well, he is. I've actually looked it up. He's part of the group known as Everybody. And from what I've learned from my... <laughs> God, that was actually does. good. Fuck, I can't. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. That's so rare. That was actually good. It's not when you consider that I forgot Brody was TNT champion and I thought it was Lance Archer he was fighting. Now, now it's bad. God damn Got to bring, got to bring it back down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jr. was on a shot of brandy, and it was equally the best and worst episode of all time because he 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 puts mint in a Moscow Mule, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then it became Jr.'s cooking show. Which was very bizarre. Because, like, it's usually Brandy being like, we're making mac and cheese. Um, Just fucking throw some cheese and some noodles in a pot. I don't know. Instead, it's JR like, what you're going to want to do? Uh, you're going to want to chop up some onions. And you're going to want to go over here, get you uh, green, uh, green, yellow, and red bell peppers. Because it's going to add some color to the dish. And uh, I like having a little bit of color in my dish right there. That and sounds now- amazing. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I want this. I thought you meant the impression and I was very afraid because I was like that just happened I got possessed by the spirit of JR and near the end JR this is when it started turning back around into a good episode is when JR looks directly down the camera is like let me tell you something when I I lost my wife like three years ago because he discussed that like three times in the episode when I lost her I realized you can't um you can't focus on the the negative. I cut a lot of negative people out of my life in the past three years. Let me tell you something right now. Uh, I didn't do it on Twitter or any like big deal like that. I just I just let them go. And, uh, and people say, well, you need these people in your life. Well, I need my mental health is what I need. And I'm like, Jr. This is a shot of brandy. What are you doing? I I love that though. Big. He's big leaguing her. Okay, <laughs> and I'm here for it. What I've got right here is a bottle of JR's barbecue sauce. It's my mother's recipe. And then also I have Chipotle ketchup and spicy JR's bar. Like you went through all the barbecue sauces he produces as well. I just want like Listen, man, you gotta get your shit in. Yeah. Does JR still do his podcast? Cause I I remember liking like listening to his podcast because he would go off on shit like that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's still there. Okay. I need to listen to it again, because, like, I, I forgot and just, like, JR's not great on commentary anymore, um, but, like, this, this I could get behind. Yeah, I definitely oh, could see that. he could have his own show, and we call it JR's Sauce Section. Yes! Uh, and now the best part of AEW, Kenny and Paige, and I'm I'm happy they're slow building it. I really am, because at first I was like, is Kenny just going to beat the shit out of Paige at the end of this match? But it was really well done, because they were new- it was a surprisingly good match between Kazarian and Adam Page. So I, I don't like, know. Okay. I don't know what part of that is surprising. That the 22 year veteran <laughs> could have a match, or that like 
the future star of the company could have a match. Which part of that was really surprising to you? It's almost like they hired good wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> there was a moment where um, Kaz, like, had him dead to rights, went for the pin, Adam kicks out, and Kenny on commentary went, oh, that's, um, yeah, that's that's usually the part where I would I would come in and we would, uh, I would, I would save him, and he did it on his own. Wow. And it's Kenny realizing, like, ah, oh, fuck, he's actually a good wrestler. Shit. And it was such a good- Shit, I wasn't carrying him for the last nine months. Yeah, yeah. It it was so, it was very, very good. And then there was, of course, stuff like, we were told that this was gonna be, I can't stop doing JR now, we were told this was supposed to be a tag team match between you and uh, Hangman and then SCU, and you declined the match, and Kenny was like, yeah, I'm not a tag team wrestler anymore. And I'm like, also then, why the fuck are you here? I just wanted to be on the show. Kenny Omega! <laughs> I said, I gotta get my shit in too, and I feel like I needed to big league him. <laughs> successful <laughs> and then uh, the I end saw of what the you match. did on shot of Brandy JR and I wanted to feel that power <laughs> I really want to see no I really want to see Kenny on a shot of Brandy and it's just him drinking lemonade yeah while Brandy gets progressively more drunk <laughs> she drinks what she makes for Kenny and is just gone by the end of it. Um, and then the end of the match where I was like, Kenny might attack, but also that'd be a weird spot to do this. Kenny, almost like you're seeing your ex in public, is looking in the ring at Adam like, okay, he's not looking this way. He's not looking this way and sneaks out. And it's quite possibly the most heartbreaking thing I've ever seen on television as Hangman Page looks up at Kenny expectantly like, did I do good? And then doesn't see Kenny. And then just goes, fuck it, throw me a beer. And just starts chugging booze in the ring. And I was like, oh, I forgot this was an emotional element to this storyline. And not just a fun, fun goof they have about Hangman. Oh, no. Alcoholism isn't a joke, Scotty. <laughs> well, he's at the point of, like, if, if, if Steve Austin had feelings. Yeah, exactly. Maybe a, little, maybe a few uh, also, too many. Also, the Young Bucks are uh, are actually big leaguing people. That is their gimmick now. Because <laughs> they, uh, they double super kicked a ref and then threw a stack of $10,000 at Tony Khan backstage. <laughs> Which Tony, Tony threw in his vault with 5 million other $10,000 stacks. Uh, and then the, and then they, and then, uh, the part I like most about that was, uh, FTR was just like, oh, you guys, you guys gonna cry? You got like, they were, they were jaw jacking and I was just like, ah, oh, build towards it. Mm -hmm. oh, my, my favorite, I can't remember which one it was, but they kept saying like, oh, is the wheat okay? How's the wheat doing? And I'm like, you don't oo-woo the young bucks at this point, guy. Actually do. Keep doing that. Keep doing <laughs> so that. I, I love it because like. The bu I guess the book Bucks just weren't booked that day, and they were like, yeah, Tony the, was like, well... The books weren't booked. The, the books weren't booked, and Tony said, uh, we gotta continue this storyline. Hey, uh, guys, can you just go out there and kick the shit out of P-Dog real quick, and then come backstage and throw some money at me? And they We said, need something yes. that Scotty can be happy about, and he loves it when people beat the shit out of P-Dog. Hey, hey, P! <laughs> hey, P, come over here, I got something for you. <laughs> you free? I need you to do something for me. <laughs> <laughs> they, 
They actually said that in the ring. That's why it was like, what's happening? <laughs> I'll owe you one. Uh, insert Alex Marvez noise here. <laughs> uh, do you guys know what I love more than people kicking the shit out of P-Dog? Our patrons? Absolutely oh. fucking nothing. Oh, okay, never but, mind. But directly after that. <laughs> it's patreon.com slash a load of BS, the website where you can support the Fight Boys and get access to exclusive content like Wrestling History X, the show where we take deep dives into some of our favorite moments in the history of pro wrestling. Blake's done an episode on Daniel Bryan. I've done one on CM Punk. Dylan did one on Kenny Omega. We really took care of our three faves there. And I'm going to be doing one on John Cena's United States title run, a.k.a. the thing that saved John Cena's career. And you can find that and loads of other content at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Um, now, unfortunately, despite my best efforts, we did not get blocked by Lance Storm earlier today. So who are we tweeting? Uh, I don't know. You want to, you want to tweet at Zach? Uh, Dylan, there are a lot of Zachs in professional wrestling. ZSJ? Oh, yeah, we can do that. He's not pro- Yeah, okay, yeah, he's one of the few British people who aren't problematic. Yeah. I mean, he is, but only for the Conservative Party. Oh, okay. Yo, at Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, um, good luck on continuing your streak as- as the hashtag pretty boy killer in, uh, in New Japan during the, uh, the G1. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fuck, man, that G1, we're gonna get into it later, but it's a lot. It is a lot to go through. Hashtag ZSJ watch. <laughs> we're still not watching any of these people anymore. Chuck Taylor tried and then failed. And speaking of Chuck Taylor, why don't we get into our heels and baby faces of the week? It's gonna be a while till we get to Chuck. So, uh, would you like to start with uh, your heel, Dylan? Uh, yes. Hold on one second. Ah, yes. So, um, despite the fact that it was left off the last two two pay-per-views, the Intercontinental Championship, despite being the third, kayfabe, the third most important championship in the WWE, cannot be taken seriously even on its own show. When was the last time the IC title was taken seriously? Before it got redesigned. Mm. Yeah. The moment it got redesigned, it all went downhill. Yeah. Even before then, though, like, it took a long time for it to be taken seriously, period. Because I remember I don't know, there were some... There was that... The feud between... No, Lashley. When Lashley had it, it was kind of kind of important. Yeah. Um, well, maybe. I think that, yeah. They tried. Uh, I'm, looking at a, I'm looking at all of the reigns right now, and I'm like, Finn Balor? He didn't make it. It felt like a step down for him. Lashley, eh. Ambrose, maybe? Kevin, definitely. Cat, yeah. I think KO might be it. That might be the last time it was like, fuck yeah. That was two years ago, two, three years ago. Uh, Ziggler and Miz, anytime either of them have it, they really elevate it. But outside of that, like, I feel like too many people don't remember it's the third title and they think it's a step down. And that's what happens to it just about every single time. Because it's supposed to be a. Yeah, it's a it's supposed to be a step up, and they always treat it as a step down because it's supposed to be it's kind of like supposed to be the IC title in uh, in New Japan, where it's just like this person isn't quite good enough 
to be the champion, but they are very, very good. They are right on the cusp. And instead, it's used as a consolation prize in the WWE. That like, like I, I liked when it was the workhorse title. It was the this is where the good match is going to be title. Like fucking, I mean, that's what Macho Man and Steamboat established it as. Was yeah. this? That's is what the that's one what that's KO put, and that's what KO and Ambrose did with it. Yeah, this is the one that's going to give you a good match, and then there's the World Heavyweight Championship, which is going to be a man getting thrown around for a few seconds. That just breaks my heart. Remembering like when Brian won it after he came back from injury. And then got injured again, and he was talking about, like, man, we were going to each go off on each brand. It was going to be me and Cena. He had the U.S., I had the IC. We're going to build those motherfuckers up, and then we were going to fight each other. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Uh, It's just, with me, I like Sami Zayn's inclusion in this storyline. I don't like the fact that instead of playing it for, oh, yeah, he's right, he never got defeated for that title, and... He didn't defend it because of COVID-19. They're like, no, Sami Zayn selfishly left the company. And I'm like, no, fuck you. He still was never defeated for the title. He still was never beaten. Treat him with some, put some respect on his name. He beat Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. Right. Oh, Jesus. Like, and Jeff, because with Jeff and AJ, they both seem like they're treating it like a step down. And it did feel weird to me that on both SmackDown and AEW, there was a segment with a Hardy boy laid out on the ground, beaten with his legs broken. (laughs) Uh, Maybe they, maybe they coordinated. (laughs) Not the luckiest man on earth tonight, are you? Yeah. Uh, Now on to my heel of the week, and it's Bailey, because... We've been waiting for months for this. And how quickly Bailey dropped the ball. And I'm not, it's not Bailey's fault. This is 100% a writing team fault because it started off actually pretty interesting with Bailey bringing out the chair she used to beat down Sasha, coming in the ring, sitting in it, and then basically laying it all out on the table and saying, I know what you've been doing. You were using me all of these months to get these belts, to get these titles. And I was like, this is interesting. If Bailey plays a kind of psycho conspiracy nut heel who is a who was basically afraid of Sasha and said, I'm going to do it before you do it. Instead, she then stood up and was like, but I've been using you, Sasha. That's right. I used you, and and because of that, I realized your usefulness had worn out last week. And I'm like, fuck, we've seen this a million times. We've seen it a million times, and it's not interesting. But you know what it is? Is if Bailey was just a psycho, scared of everyone trying to cost her her shit. God, that would be fun, because it's like, I, I feel like this is this angle is trying too hard to make it seem like they're trying to outwit each other when sometimes you just need to have one of them go completely insane. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not even a matter of like going insane. Like it's ultimate paranoia of you could even pull on NXT. You could pull on. I remember NXT and I remember the battles we went through and I remember what you did to me back then, Sasha. And because of that, so it's lit. she still plays into the role model gimmick. Because then she's like, why the fuck are you guys booing me? I'm right. 
It, tell me you guys didn't think Sasha was ever going to turn on me. Why are you tell booing me? me? I'm right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I just, I really love it. I really love that concept. And then they, fuck it, I may do a how to fix Bailey Sasha at this point. Is uh, that just your new thing? Is that you just can't let sleeping dogs lie? No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, no. I feel so sorry for your wife. You're probably bringing up shit from, like, fall of 2017 or some shit. Oh, yeah, no, no, it's, like, two in the morning. She's got to be up for work in two hours, and the whole time I'm like, Seamus shouldn't have been trying to beat down Sandow. He should have been outsmarting him. It would have been a better storyline. No! He'll do it, too. I've seen I'm it. Still, I'm still mad about that storyline. It is possibly my least... That one, or maybe Seamus versus Alberto, where the babyface stole a man's car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. All right, um, now on to a bit of an interesting... Because, Blake, you've not brought a heel or a babyface. You've brought a tweener this week, essentially. Yes. Um. Actually, can we save mine for the very end? Because I think that okay. it... I think that it fits in really well with our closing discussion this week. Yeah. All right. Well, my baby face of the week, if we're just going to skip ahead to that, is motherfucking Eddie Kingston. The Are we baddest- just taking this in like weeks? I feel like we have to retire him now. He's made it to three weeks in a row. It's like how we can't talk about Cody more than once every couple of months. Oh, or the fact that Seth has been retired forever now. He's on the Hall of Fame of Heels, yeah. Uh, I, well, Kingston might make it to the Hall of Babyfaces at this point, because, like, well, firstly, uh, being the Elite opened with Kingston cutting a promo on a cookie, and it started, I, I, what I read is they were making fun of promo classes in NXT, and I'm like, I don't, the parody went away very quickly, and it just became a genuine good Eddie Kingston promo, <laughs> like, very quickly, Eddie was like, I know this is supposed to be a joke, y'all, but this cookie is making me emotional right now. <laughs> yep. My my favorite my favorite part of that is he ends the promo and Matt's just like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're just like, well, this is this is over. <laughs> Way to ruin it, Eddie. All right, we can't do this bit again. Yeah. Eddie. Un- unless it becomes Eddie Kingston cuts a promo on a thing. On an inanimate object? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that happened. I I listened to uh, his AEW Unrestricted, which we talked about last week, but him and Tony Schiavone are my favorite duo in all of All Elite Wrestling. Like, the end of it, he was just like, you know, I said earlier that it was my mother that was the reason I signed with AEW, but really, it was just because I wanted to fuck with Tony a lot more. <laughs> like, that was one part, and then earlier, uh, Tony was like, yeah, all of these indie guys who come in, I like to fuck with them and go into the locker room right before their match and say, hey, don't fuck up tonight. <laughs> and he goes... I can't repeat what you said, but you shot back very quick towards me. Meanwhile, Warhorse was just like, yes, sir, I won't. <laughs> I felt, I felt yes, sir. so bad. I'll, I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, I felt so bad for Warhorse. Even Eddie, even, Eddie, even Eddie was like, oh, poor guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm sorry, bud. 
And then, of course, uh, this week, the ultimate uh, I got three points promo where he was like, a lot of family like to bomb by going to Disney World or some shit. We bomb through violence and then just sits up on the turnbuckle and lets everyone beat the shit out of people around them and just do shoot commentary on the ring apron. And it was phenomenal. Oh, did you like how that felt? <laughs> yeah. You like how that felt? Oop, oop, drop John your head. <laughs> Bam. And then, of course, finally ended it by fixing a storyline by saying, you know what? We are a family. We're not a faction. And, um, hey, Butcher. And I went, oh, no, they're going to do it. I'm going to need you to get your family in order now. Late, not Butcher. Don't bring the big man with the mustache into this. Do I don't know. <laughs> do you think that Eddie Kingston is everything Enzo Amore ever should have been in wrestling? Yes. No, no, no. Uh, Eddie Kingston once, uh, he was once on that, uh, in WXW in Germany, and they went to Chernobyl, and Eddie Kingston, uh, took a shit in the woods, and it grew up and became Enzo Amore. <laughs> Listen, man, Enzo Amore will give you the, pl- the plunger out of his bathroom. He's... <laughs> He is a good man. I still can't believe we were there for that moment. Oh, fuck. Okay, Dylan, who's your baby face of the week? Uh, speaking of uh, AEW Unrestricted, uh, this week uh, they had my favorite tag team in AEW, the blah, 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 the best friends. Dun, dun, dun. Still slaps. Y'all were so wrong last year. It was the best scene thong. Um, scene thong? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The flubs you have, and this is where you're gonna try to try to draw the line. <laughs> you should have okay, heard fucking. Punk. You should have heard this week's fucking JWF, dude. I, I can know, imagine we were getting it. Yeah, <laughs> on the flubs uh, theme song. Uh, but yeah, no, they were talking to uh, to them on that. But they just had a they just had a killer week. They had a great match on dark, like vicious, like vicious baby faces. They were just beating the shit out of people. They still have, they have the move now where Chuck will, like, throw somebody, and then Trent will just come around the corner and spear the shit out of them. Oh, fuck. And their their new finisher is Pile Driver, throw them back second Pile Driver. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Fuck yes. They have, they were like, they were like, Strong Zero's not brutal enough, double Pile Driver. You mean, like, both of you, no, 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 back to back. I... I also love how Sue has become their getaway driver. Oh, it's not even that. She so I don't know which one to talk about first. The the street. Well, we'll we'll start with the inner. No, we'll start with the street fight. So the street fight. I only saw the last five minutes of it that they put online and then clips. But the fact that everyone is saying it's the best street fight either they've ever seen or possibly ever is that, yeah. not a not a hyperbole because like the things I've seen like where uh or. Ortiz, yeah, they trapped him under a car hood, and then and then Chuck did a senton onto that car hood from the top of the car, or yeah. or when or when Santana uh, suplexed Chuck onto the hood of, or the roof of another car, and Ortiz or yeah Ortiz did, and then Santana did a splash from a truck onto the top of that car, <laughs> or when Orange Cassidy popped out of a trunk and hit an orange punch while having a chain wrapped around his hand, or I can keep going. It doesn't get no, any worse. There, there, there was a moment near the end where I was staring and going, 
Because like Santana and Ortiz definitely had their their big heel heat moment of ah damn it they're gonna win this sucks, and I did have a moment in my mind where I went, is Sue about to hit one of them with a car? Because like I could have seen that happening, but the Orange Cassidy punch was just as good. By the way, somebody pointed this out. Uh, Chuck, they were like Chuck with the last of his energy pops the trunk on the key phone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and that's what lets Orange Cassie out, and I was like, ah, oh, the continuity of that. Beautiful. That's great. God, that's uh, perfect. But I- anyway, yeah, no, their, their unrestricted was great. They were asked a bunch of questions like, yeah, what was your, uh, what was your bonding moment? We were in China for a vol for 10 days, and Greg and I had just both been dumped, and we, so we were just <laughs> sad boys in China. <laughs> I've got to, I'm listening to that right after this now. It's, I'm it's just, so great. People ask like five questions about Sue and and Operator was like, we should just get Sue on here. Also, when she flipped off Santana Ortiz after driving driving them off in uh in their van. Uh I just I just want to see the video release of Sad Boys in China now. I know. The oh also, uh fun fact, uh Trent owes Chuck Taylor thousands upon thousands of dollars what because the fuck? because the pro wrestling tease for the best friends is deposited only to Trent and he's <laughs> never paid Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> and you need to understand now that they're in AEW, that is thousands upon thousands of dollars <laughs> that Trent is keeping from Chuck Taylor. <laughs> I love that. So, listen, I also love. Uh, uh, listen, uh, you are you are benefiting from that money because that money bought this van. Yeah, and I love how uh, I I do love how I I, I think it might have been it wasn't Grayson. I think it was John Silver retweeted Sue flipping flipping them off, and John Silver retweeted it and said, "I taught her that." <laughs> <laughs> I love I John wish, Silver. I wish my mom was that cool. <laughs> Being the Dark Order needs to be a thing. Yes. Sponsored uh, by Chili's. Uh, <laughs> All right. Blakey, Blakey T. Uh, unprecedented in the history of uh, this show. Who's your tweener? Listen, uh, let me start with my baby face for the week. And I'm going to start with the introduction. <clears throat> Guys, it's G1 season. <laughs> it is G1 We've season. We've done it. We've already filled in our pickums on Reddit. We have gone through the spreadsheets, we have seen the schedule, and there is nothing that I love more in a G1 season than my good friend right here, the almighty quarter. Now, did you do you save the same quarter each year? I'm kind of curious about this. I do. I keep it. There is a mask that you may or may not have seen, like a... Um, uh, a, a creepy mask? Yeah, no, I've yeah, seen Yeah, like it. a kabuki oh, yeah. mask. Um, Your creepy Oscar mask, yeah. But that thing has a mouth that you could slide a small object into, and that is where my prediction quarter goes. No! It is, uh, you should see it. It is like a fucking two-faced quarter, because one day I just found a quarter that somebody had just written on Sharpie on one side, and so... I took that and I knew that was going to be it. And this is the quarter that saw me through my prediction series, that saw me through the G1, and that told me fucking Okada was only going to lose one match in A block. <laughs> who, who to? Jay White. Uh, yeah, Jay. Um, and I love this thing because it makes 
predicting so much easier. It takes New Japan from this extremely complicated web of intricate, wonderful storylines and distills it down into a fucking... All right. Yeah, Jeff Cobb's gonna lose. <laughs> um, and that is why my baby face is the almighty quarter. Now onto my heel. This fucking quarter <laughs> that told me Yoshiashi was gonna win six matches. <laughs> Man, I know. I was worried, Scotty. After you told me that Okada was only gonna lose one match, I'm really glad that <laughs> that 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 fear has been quelled. <laughs> no, I. I mean, I, I gave Yoshihashi four. I gave him a solid four in there. I gave but... him one. <laughs> what? I'm I'm Holy I'm gonna shit. be honest. I couldn't figure out who he was gonna win to, so I just had him lose to everyone but Yano. And I'm gonna be <laughs> honest, A Block. Like I said, that was almost completely like the quarter. There were a couple that I changed around afterwards. I left Okada. When it told me Okada was winning, I was done. Who did it say 1B block for you? What? Who did it say 1B block? But wait, before quarter and after quarter? Because I know you changed it. So who did the quarter initially say was winning B block? Before I believe it was actually, um, I don't have it here, but I think it was Tanahashi. Okay, that's that's believable. After? Um, after I made it Kenta. Okay. Because they were very close. Um, Wait, was this before or after I pointed out why Kenta couldn't win? Yes. No. Um, I decided <laughs> to go with Kenta because I don't think he's going to win. So, But so, I think he's going to win his block and Okada's going to beat him. So, yeah. so as I, would you like to... Would you like me to... Would, would you? I was gonna say, would, would you like to recreate the conversation I had with you on what was it Monday? Yeah, where 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 you were like, so you were like, yeah, Kenta might win, and I was like, Kenta has the briefcase for a title shot for the U.S. Championship. They are gonna give him two briefcases. Suzuki's gonna win. Suzuki is already the open weight champion. They're not going to get rid of any more title matches for Wrestle Kingdom. And I believe Scotty just yelled Suzuki after that. He did. He did, in fact. He did, in fact, yell that. But so far, I'm the only person that's chosen two people that might viably win. Oh, by the way, yeah, who are your who are your chosen? Um, mine are Jay White and uh, Sonata. Because I have Sonata beating Evil on the last night. Yeah. I think I also, I also have Evil beating Sonata. Um, or Sonata beating Evil, I'm sorry. Uh, my B block is actually pretty... I don't know how I got away with only one person having six points. Who? I don't... Uh, Juice, <laughs> surprisingly. I, got, I think I got Juice with, like, ten. I really think... I really feel like they're gonna... They're gonna push yeah. him. Shingo Takage got twelve points. Because anytime... <laughs> anytime I needed somebody, I was like, no, that person's gotta lose a match. And the only viable person in every situation was Shingo Takage. I was like, Ishii? He could lose to Shingo. Jay White? He could lose to Shingo. Osprey? I just want him to lose to Shingo because I hate him. And then it just kind of kept going from there. I will say, like, I did all of the flipping and stuff, like, when the spreadsheet came out. And then when the Pickums released, or, like, when I looked at the Pickums and it showed, like, what every night was, like, the um, the schedule. You did a, you did a second round? 
No, I just realized how bad I fucked up. How I many, just, how I, many I, points I, do you have Yujiro getting? I have to know. How many points does Yujiro have? Not that many, but I don't have the spreadsheet anymore. He he has zero for me. So, like, that's what's probably going to kill me, is there are, there are two people that I have at zero and two points, because I was like, I can't I can't fathom which one they will lose, but I know it's less enough that by picking wrong, I would be wrong. It's like taking the SAT. Mm-hmm, if you guess mm-hmm. wrong, you're wrong twice. Whereas if this way, I'm only wrong once. I will um, I will say, like, when I was trying to flip for Sonata versus Evil, since y'all mentioned it, I wildly, like, flung my quarter far the away. Coin, it laid on its side. It didn't, but because it flew away, I was like, is that going to be the draw? Oh, yeah. Is that going to be... I guess I'm picking this one as a draw. Kenta still wins. I'm going to die. Yeah. Um, my lowest in block B, the only one is Juice. In block A, I've got four people with six points. And it's uh, Ishii, Shingo, uh, Taichi, and Takahashi. Those are my lowest. And then Suzuki with 14 fucking points. It's okay. I have, J- J- I have- I have Jay with 14, so you got... I had, to f- I had to switch so many things around. I was so glad I had the spreadsheet, because yeah, I was looking the, at the points. The spreadsheet helps so much, because you start to realize, like, oh, no, I've made an error. But yeah, I've got 12 for Jay and 12 for Okada. So worst comes to worst, I will get something through those. That is until you realize that Okada had 16 points for me, boys. <laughs> yeah, oh, I can't God. wait. I can't wait because every every time there's a release, we're just gonna we're gonna like. I feel like we should update because it's it'll take like three weeks to go through, so we can like have the person be like, "All right, I'm on top," and then the next week, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it'll be our cold open. Our cold open through the G1 for the next few weeks is just gonna be like, "Yeah, shouldn't have fucking bet on a uh, Suzuki. He's lost every single match." <laughs> Oh, that's gonna be me. Except I'm gonna be be like, I did not see Yujiro going on a five five match hot streak. That has really fucked me over. Yeah. <laughs> the or, weird- or when we get to the fucking end of B block, and I'm like, I I should have just kept all of those points on Yoshi because he's winning. <laughs> yeah. I I can't believe I should the quarter didn't how many, lie. Wait, wait, Scotty, how many points did you give Yoshihashi? Yoshihashi has eight. Like I've got. Four people with eight, four people with ten, and then one twelve pointer. I guess I should have I should have bet more on Yoshihashi because he is like he did just finally get like gold. But at the same oh, time, yeah. I didn't think low enough of anyone else in that block to have them lose to Yoshihashi. That's Yeah, that's the difficult thing about this, because like we said, like, it's a banger. Every every year there's somebody that does really poorly. And, like, there are some people that get, like, shut out or have, like, four points. And I was like, I know it's these two. Yeah. I know, but I don't know by how much. Because by the time that we got to, like, by the time that my pickums, I got to the end and I saw what the last few nights were, I'm like, none of these are going to be decisive for anybody. I have already fucked up at this point if I know wrestling. I will say, um... I when I go through I've got a pretty good mental picture of everybody 
Like, there are a few, like, Goto that I'm like, I think I know who Goto is. Oh, dude, Goto was my spoiler for B-Block. I was like, who can... Oh, really? Uh, like, with Ishii, I'm like, oh, yeah, big motherfucker. Uh, yeah, he'll do great against Cobb. But now I'm realizing I have fucked up because my mental picture for Yoshihashi through this whole tournament was Yoshitatsu, and that's not the same person. Oh, no. I have... Oh, no. Oh, no. I was just like, they got the name Yoshi. It's the same person. Good. Okay, I like that at least two of us think that we fucked up majorly in some way or another. So, Dylan, I hope you enjoy those five points. Hey, hey, bud. Suzuki got 14 points in mine. I know I fucked up, <laughs> but I gotta die on this hill. That is fair. Dylan, enjoy your five points. Watch me lose to you and your coin bullshit. Oh, no, no, no. I want Dylan to get third place and just go on the rant of rants of like, how? How? No, I don't want to because Dylan has already said he's going to force the mantle of New Japan expert onto me. And that is something that I, that is a cross I cannot bear. <laughs> that is a mountain that I cannot climb. Every week, you have to come with a report on New Japan, but it, you can't read what actually happened. You just flip a coin and you're like, well, I guess this is what happened <laughs> on New Japan this week. All right. What did you boys learn this week? I learned that Yoshihashi and Yoshitatsu are not the same person. I learned you're racist. It's not racist. It's namist. Oh, oh God. These people have the same. These people have similar names and they're Japanese. They must be the same person. I'll be honest. If I had not known and I just saw Takahashi... Takahashi would have a lot more points because I would think it would be Hiromu. And then I looked and went, ah, oh, they got the wrong one. They picked the wrong one for this. I learned that an Eddie Kingston does shit in the woods and it becomes Enzo Amore. Yes. All right. Where can people find y'all on the internet? You can find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube. And you can find me here on the BS Network with all of our lovely podcasts. And you can find me on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-A-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. And you can check out my brand new podcast, Fun Fiction, the show where I take take actually pretty good movies and make worse fan fiction out of them. It, if you've been around a while, you know this used to be a show. And then I rebooted it with my friend Megan Danger. We just released an episode talking about My Immortal, the very shitty Harry Potter fanfic. So you can check that out and all the other programming at a load of purebs.com. Special thanks to Mega Ran for our theme song, Fighters. Thank you, Mega Ran. We thank you with all of our hearts. Salute to Mega Ran. <laughs> champion salute and as always you can find us at a load of purebs.com step up to the merch table at merch.loadofpurebs.com find us on facebook donate to the patreon subscribe on youtube and remember to follow us on twitter at fight boy show zsj because when you're a fight boy you're a fight boy for life